WXDX FM, Pittsburgh. Some are predicting great things for the Steelers. Colin Coward predicts the Steelers will be the number one seed in the AFC. That's right, the number one seed ahead of New England. But most of the optimistic predictions for the Steelers revolve around Ben, around Bell, around Brown, around that offensive line. And if that's what you're basing your optimism on, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Because the Steelers had all those elements last year, and the Steelers couldn't even win a playoff game. So, if you think the Steelers are going places based on who did great last year, well, those guys did great last year, and it amounted to bupkis. And as good as Ben and Braun are, I'm not sure they can do any more than they did last year. Bell can, maybe, if he ever shows up. So when Steeler training camp opens in two weeks, don't worry about Ben, Braun, and Bell. They're going to be fine, even though Bell ain't going to be there for a while. Don't worry about that offensive line. They're going to be fine. But they didn't replace Shazier or come even close. The D-backs are still a question mark, although Tom Bradley's going to help there. The Steelers have exactly the same strengths as last year and exactly the same weaknesses as last year. The weaknesses have to get better. Training camp will give us some idea whether that's possible. I got to throw this out there. Uh, Bob McLaughlin tagged the cult into a tweet that plugged the Ian Asprey interview. He tagged the wrong cult. He just tagged the cult. Some cult. That's okay. I like a good cult. As long as they don't murder. And even if they do sometimes. Like I said, entertainment options. Uh, the optimism about the Steelers isn't stupid. They did go 13-3 and last year. But it needs to be guarded optimism. Am I right? Because it's easy to picture the Steelers' season going exactly the same way. It's easy to predict 13-3. and And it's easy to picture them losing their first playoff game at home again and maybe to Jacksonville again. It's odd that in some quarters, the Steelers' O-line is being called overrated. I don't see that, but it's being said for sure. That comes from Pro Football Focus, that website, saying that Ramon Foster and Marquise Pouncey are poor. That's their lowest rating at Pro Football Focus. It's like a D minus. Poor. Yo, Ramon Foster's an all pro, but he's better than poor. And how the frig is Marquise Ponce poor? He's made the Pro Bowl the last three years. But maybe that report on PFF is why some say the line is overrated. Maybe. I disagree, but maybe that's why it's set. It really is time to start with Steeler talk, isn't it? It's that time of year. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. I'll expand on this thought later, but today is National French Friday. When you go to Primanti's, because they have fries on the sandwich, and a lot of fries on the sandwich, 
When you go to Primanti's, I see people, I don't do this. And I'm a big fatso and I don't do this. I see people order a Primanti sandwich and then a side of fries. That doesn't strike you as overkill. It's just too many fries. Then again, you know what I do? This shows how dumb I am to kind of poke fun at that. But but I get a Primanti sandwich and I get a side of tater tots. Which is, you know, thinking out loud, exactly the same thing. But those tater tots are good. That would be a good topic sometime. Because, you know, until Steeler Camp starts. Who has the best fries in town? And who has the best tater tots in town? Best tater tots, I only really know of two, but but they're really good. Uh, like I said, Permanis. And they have a bunch of variations on tater tots. Like, you know, hot tots with jalapenos and and uh, and sour cream. Like, like almost Mexican tater tots. Excuse me, Latino. Whatever the tots prefer to be called. And uh, when they have a horseradish dipping sauce for the tater tots at Permanis. And Big Shot Bops. Not just twings, but unbelievable tater tots. You know what's good to do? They, they do this with fries, but I bet they do it with tots, too, at Big Shop Pops. They make a bed of fries and then put the wings on top. So the wing sauce and so forth gets on the fries. I bet that would be really good on the tots as well. But again, we're talking overkill, and I just poked fun at overkill not, not seconds ago. Who has the best fries in town? I mean, does Kennywood Park count, or is that like too, too specialty-ish-esque? You know, because you can only get it at one place. Then again, there's only one Dirty O, the original in Oakland. That's a big fry place. Permanis fries are real good. You know what's It's a chain, but really good fries? Five guys. And they give you so many fries. Again, artery clogging. You could die right there on the spot. You know what I get when I go to five guys for fries? They have a kid-sized fries. They have like four different sizes. The smallest is kid-sized. And I get the kid size because it's just... That's enough fries for me. Especially, I junk them up, too. Not in a bad way. But, like, you know, one of these days, you're just going to turn on the radio and Adam Crowley's going to be talking because I'll be dead. And one reason I'll be dead is because, like, when I get French fries, I don't just eat French fries. I put salt and vinegar on them, which is absolutely the worst you could put on them, but it tastes great. I'd be better off with ketchup, right? Ketchup would be not great, but better than better than salt and vinegar. But that's how I just, like Piper's Pub got me hooked on that. Now, every place I go is salt and vinegar. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Oh, our, our call screen is saying, or will I take French fry calls? Absolutely. I just had the singer from the Caldon. So we are all over the place today. Let's go to Matt in Murraysville. This will be a short uh, fry discussion, though. We'll pick it up again in the 5 o'clock hour. But Matt in Murraysville. Uh, hey, Mark, you need, hey, Mark, you need to try Bishop's Pizza Fries. There's one in Plum and there's one yeah, in Yeah, you're just plugging where you go. Goodbye. I'm, I, seriously, I'm not going to drive to Plum to get French fries. Okay, so let, let's be more... I mean, they would have to be the best, like Kennywood. I've never been to Kennywood, but I've eaten their fries because they bring them here. And that's another story in itself. How could it be that I've never been to Kennywood? A lifelong 
Pittsburgh resident. I'll tell you why. I think I've said this before. I went to Shaler High School. I don't brag about that, but that's where I went. In our school picnics, we're at the now sadly defunct Westview Park. And I loved Westview Park. I miss Westview Park. That, it, that holds an almost similar place in my heart to Conneaut Lake Park, but Conneaut's still open. Whereas if I want to reminisce about Westview Park, I have to go to like a Giant Eagle or a Dry Cleaners or a Dunkin' Donuts because that's what's there now. Although that Dunkin' Donuts is conveniently located. Uh, let's go to Eric and Beaver. Eric, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hi, Mark. Uh, Big Shop Bob's does do sauces on their tater tots, and I highly recommend putting They'll use it like as a bed for the wings, right? Yeah, they'll do that, but I've ordered like specifically like just a big order of tater tots with my wings with uh, some sort of sauce on them. So they'll put wing sauce right on the tater tots without the wings? Yes. Wow. Yeah, I recommend Frankie Valley. It's excellent on tots. Well, hold Frank. Wait, are you thinking of Frankie Valley or Frank Sinatra? Uh, one of those two would be really good. I've tried both, but uh, Frankie well, what's Valley. What's in Frankie Valley? Uh, that is Frank's Red Hot and Valley Hidden uh, Ranch, Hidden Valley Ranch. Oh, okay. Frank Sinatra is uh, is is uh, Frank's Frank hot sauce and blue, and blue cheese. Yeah, both very, very tempting. Let's go to Andrew and Cranberry. Andrew, you're on the Mark Madden show. Hey, what's up, Mark? I what uh, just want to let you know I uh, couldn't agree with you more about the fries and the tots. But if you have an Emporio around you, try their tots. Is that the meatball place? What's that? That's the meatball place. Yeah. They have tots. Yeah, they're fantastic. Oh, I bet they're unbelievable. Their their meatballs are unbelievable. Oh, one of my favorite places. Why they don't send me a bunch of them right now, I don't know. Well, you better get on there. They're buffalo chicken. Like, everything's buffalo chickened out these days. I mean, buffalo chicken is used to revise everything. But their buffalo chicken meatballs are unbelievable. Believable. They have some kind of meatball they like put Parmesan right in, too. That's a great concept, by the way. There are very few new food concepts that work. That meatball joint in Porio, that, that's pretty good. All we do is plug all day. Is that like against the FCC? Is that payola? Plugola? I don't know. I mean, I, I like every year I take a test on that, and I pass it, so it must not be. It must be okay to do because I passed the test. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. We got Matt Hardy. Excuse me, Jeff Hardy. Yes. Wait, wrong Hardy. Matt's Matt's crazy on his own now. Brother Nero's back to being the high-flying, charismatic enigma Jeff Hardy. And he is going to be a barn burner of a match at Extreme Rules WWE show at PPG Paints Arena Sunday. Jeff Hardy against Shinsuke Nakamura. Two of the best in-ring performers, not just now, but in recent memory. So check out Extreme Rules Sunday at PPG uh, Paints Arena. And you can hear Jeff on the show uh, right here at 4.30. Jeff will be joining me for a, a lengthy interview, which may or may not have already been taped. And you may or may not be able to listen to it right now on the Mark Madden page at WXDX.com. Decorum is out the window. Very interesting guest at 5.30. In studio, Mark uh, Pulisic. Uh, he's the father of Christian Pulisic. Am I pronouncing it right? Pulisic? Okay. That's what, that's going to be like Melanson, where I pronounce it a different way every time. Uh, Christian uh, Pulisic, of course, he's the best American soccer player there is. He's only 19 years old. 
and he comes to town with Borussia Dortmund for the International Champions Cup July 25th at Heinz Field. When he's here, I recommend he gets uh, tater tots somewhere. You think that kid, that kid's like 19 years old. He's like one of, obviously a great athlete. He's playing in, in the German Bundesliga, the top league. He's been playing as a regular since he was 17. Do you think he's ever had a tater tot? Ever. I'm going to ask his dad. That's at 530. His dad also, Mark, the assistant coach at the River Hans, who are having a great year so far. 105.9 X. Now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Super genius, big fan. That happens when the show's as popular as this one. Yeah, double M, man. He'd love the show. He just wants to dance. The X at 105.9. I, I sometimes hate to talk about different kinds of food on the show, whether it's wings, pizza, or today, fries and tots, today being National French Friday. And by the way, who proclaimed it National French Friday? Is that like a function of the government? Is that a... Federal or state holiday, I, I I don't know, but I'm getting all these recommendations for fries and tots on Twitter. I don't want to go over. But Anthony tweets, this is intriguing. The best tots I've ever had were from Huff's Tap Room in Greenfield. They call them tachos, a variation of nachos. And you can get pulled pork or brisket on them. That sounds uh, rather intriguing, although, like I said, uh, Permani Brothers has some kind of variation of that. Getting back to the Stillers. Here's a tweet from Rooster. And this is the stuff that I have to, like, kind of just roll my eyes at and make a show out of. Rooster Jones says, Shazier wasn't that great. You act like he was Jack Ham. He could be easily replaced with a decent free agent. Okay, let me let me meet you halfway there, Rooster. Shazier was a bit overrated, and even more so now because of what happened to him. And that's reality. You could run him over, not overly physical, because he just wasn't big for an inside linebacker. He was small, in fact, which is why the Holy Poly kept wanting to move him to safety all the time. But you know what he could do? He could chase down any play from sideline to sideline. He kept little plays from becoming big plays. And if it's so easy to replace him with a decent free agent, well then, no problem. Bostick will do it. But I don't think Bostick will. I don't think Bince will. I don't think Dirty Red will. I just think they got a mediocre group there and a mediocre group at DB. I think the potential is there for improvement at DB. I think there's zero potential for improvement among those inside backers. Dirty Red's a scrub. If he didn't have the cool nickname, people would think he sucks. Bince, well, we know all about Bince. And Bostic, I mean, he's not even had a Dirty Red on the depth chart just yet, although I think he will be at some point. And when I hear people say, well, they'll just use three safeties or four safeties or five safeties or six safeties or 12 safeties and see if they get away with too many men. When you're using safeties instead of linebackers, it is an open reflection of your desperation and an open reflection of you knowing you're in trouble at inside backer. That's what that is. So again, I go back to ground zero, what I said at the top of the hour. If you're optimistic because they got Ben Bell and Brown 
If you're optimistic because of the O-line, if you're optimistic because they got the best uh, offensive football, they had all that last year and couldn't win one playoff game. Not one. Not one. They didn't lose in the conference final, didn't lose in the Super Bowl. They lost the first playoff game they played after getting a bye. Can they fix that? I don't know. You don't know either. Maybe Colin Coward knows because he says they're going to be the number one seed in the AFC. One thing where they're really loaded is those Don Lyman with, with Hayward and Tuitt and, and Hargrove. Hargrave? Which is it? Why do I forget that? Like I said, one day you're going to turn on the radio and Adam Crowley will be here because I'll be dead. Or senile, forgetting names and, and drooling somewhere. Hargrave, okay. That's nothing to forget. They're, they're great, those three. But without you know comparable inside linebackers, they don't help as much as they should. Let's go to Wes in Bethel Park. Wes wants to talk about Le'Veon Bell. What's up, Wes? Le'Veon Bell is a distraction to the Steelers, and I think they should either trade him or I just think they should get rid of him. Well, they're going to have him play one more year, Wes. That's how it's going to work. He's going to get how that much? franchise tag. And I don't know if he's a distraction. I think that, that locker room's so full of distractions that, hey, what's one more? Welcome to my nightmare. I think you're going to like it. But, uh, but you know, the guy got – Four hundred was it four hundred touches last year? God, it even sounds funny to say that out loud, doesn't it? Yes. But uh, right. but but you know they're going to keep him for one more year, and I don't see any way the situation resolves itself besides him leaving via free agency after one more year. My God, I I had to look that up just because it sounded so foreign coming out of my mouth. Three hundred twenty-one carries, eighty-five catches, four hundred six touchdowns. It is almost like they're they're trying to wear him out and then throw him over their shoulder like a crushed beer can, which is what I do this year. I give him 500 touches. I, if I'm A.B. running for the end zone, I lateral the ball to Bell so he gets another touch. Uh, of course, A.B. wouldn't do that because then he doesn't get to do the Humpty Dance in the end zone. Is there still – was that a dance, the Humpty Dance? You know what would know be really good? Here would be a good post-touchdown celebration. Tell me this wouldn't be awesome. Braun and Juju do ballroom dancing. They, like, do the tango, the cha-cha. That would be good. It would have homoerotic overtones, but that doesn't matter in this day and age. It's kind of cool, I think. Something for everybody is what it would be. Does men dancing necessarily have those kind of... You know, that's funny. I've seen men kiss. I've seen men with PDAs. I've never seen men dance with each other. Have you? I, I Like, it wouldn't bother me. You, it, well, you know what? It wouldn't bother me ever. It would be odd to see the first time. And then after that, it just blends in, which is as it should be. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Up next... Brother Nero! Brother Nero! I knew you'd come. Jeff Hardy up next. WWE Extreme Rules on Sunday at PPG Paints Arena. 105.90X. 
And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Mark. Yep. You want an answer. You don't want no uh, hee-hawing. Well, I really do like the hee-hawing. The X at 105.9. My guest right now is part of WWE's Extreme Rules card at PPG Paints Arena this coming Sunday. He defends the U.S. title against Shinsuke Nakamura in what should be a terrific match. It's a pleasure to welcome back to the show, Jeff Hardy. Jeff, you got the belt with you. We were just talking about that off there. People love to see the belt, don't they? I do. They do. They love to see it, and I'm the U.S. champion in Pittsburgh. Can you believe it? And that's the first time with that belt, right? First time, yeah. Now, uh, it's you and Nakamura Sunday, and everybody is expecting it to be a great match. Two fantastic in-ring performers. Does that create any pressure for you when you go out there Sunday night? For sure. I've went back and watched so many of his matches, you know, the one with him and AJ naturally at Mania, and uh, him and Randy Orton, uh, a bunch of other ones. I've just watched them over and over and again. So I think I got a feel for like what, what he's like in a in a main event match like this. So uh, we'll see. I've been in the ring with him once. I was in the ring with him a little bit last week when me and AJ went up against him and Rusev. So, uh, yeah, Sunday's going to be one to remember. Now, you're 40. Uh, <clears throat> you've been wrestling since you were 17, literally in the big time since 17 years old, and you've worked the high-risk style. How, how do you feel physically? What's the wear and tear like for you at this point in your life? I feel pretty good, but there was, uh, gosh, about uh, six weeks ago, like my hand went numb, and it, it didn't wake up. It's finally woken now, but but there was a, a median nerve issue in my elbow or something because on the last European tour, my elbow was banged up the whole tour. But anyway, that was just one of the things. And then my back, one morning out of nowhere, I woke, work, worked out at 4.30, went to the airport to catch a group flight, sat down, ate breakfast on the stool, and got up. I just could barely move. Got on the plane. It got worse, and it was uh, I don't know what it was. Made it to the live events. What, what I'm trying to say is I stopped doing the swantons at, at live events because of that, and, and it's helped me out. Right, the big move off the top. Exactly. So being that I am 40, that's what I, I need to think more like that and just save it for the for TV. Now, uh, I talked before about the expectations for you and Shinsuke this Sunday. Everybody wants that five-star match. With the Internet, there's there's more pressure than ever to deliver that. you got seven-star matches uh, being given out out there. But is it necessarily worth the risk, Jeff? And and can matches of that caliber be done without that risk? I'm not sure. I mean, there's got to be a little bit of risk, I believe, especially with a guy like Shinsuke. Uh, but, uh, yeah, as far as seven stars, that just seems outrageous. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I, mean, I don't either. And, I don't uh, either. I'm, we're talking about, I mean, Seth Rollins versus uh, Dolph Ziggler in a 30-minute Ironman match. I mean, that that's a show stealer, you know, and, and naturally AJ Styles, anything he's in is a show stealer with Rusev. So it's uh, the pressure's on, but uh, I try not to, you know, think about it that much and just have a bunch of good ideas and go in there and tear it up. Well, there's there's a lot of talk about the risks now with all the injuries. And I got to say, and this is, this is just an old man talking, but – but Flair Steamboat had a bunch of five-star matches with very minimal risk. But but maybe that's unfair to say because certainly the business has evolved quite a bit. Yeah, you're right. I think their uh, psychology or whatever, I mean, there's so many different forms of psychology and storytelling, as you know. But uh, they're probably a lot smarter than me because when it comes to the risk, that's what, you know, when I think of myself, I go, okay, you got to do something crazy. you got to do that. <laughs> but then again, I turned 40, uh, you know, August 31st of last year, September 18th, pop, torn rotator cuff. I'm, I'm I'm struggling to see exit signs at night. My vision's leaving me. I mean, so I, you well, and know, you're, and you're married, two daughters too. Yeah, That's worth noting as well. Seven and two, exactly. And naturally, like my shirt, my my, we brought the immune to fear thing back. And uh, I think there's if you put a uh, invisible 
marker light on it says I used to be in YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you got to kind of keep it up and uh at least try it. But uh yeah, man, it's it's I've, I've definitely changed my thinking as far as I don't I don't think I care about jumping off a hill in the cell anymore. You know, that's one of the things I've always said I wanted to do after Shame It Man has done it, but I'm kind of spooked out, spooked out about it now. What was your best match? Look, looking back at your career, do you feel like you've had a best match? One thing you could point at and say that topped everything else I've done. Yeah, one always stands out, and I've watched it recently. It was was me versus the Undertaker when Matt and I were going our separate ways years ago, and that, that was like still to this day one one match that people always man, I love that match you're doing the Undertaker. When it you, was great, you know, and it was it was a great uh, underdog versus the man type of match, and. uh and I mentioned this in the Q&A earlier, uh, Umaga, rest his soul, man. Dude, we had great chemistry, and I watched our Fall Scout Anywhere match a while back, and it was just incredible. I mean, it was the one where I did the swanton outside off of one of the trucks, and I slid down the staircase rail and clothesline, and it was just so exciting. And we had such good chemistry, so... Uh, yeah, those are two of my favorites. You know what's great about the Taker match is that that was like uh, potentially, and Umaga too, a clash of styles. Because, you know, you wouldn't think it would be a, a handy fit, but but it really was in the end. Like, you guys just worked together perfectly. For sure. And like with The Undertaker, I mean, we went on to have many more matches after that one. And just to be able to say that I've beat The Undertaker is just still kind of beyond me and surreal. But uh, that's a fact. And it's just in, insane how uh, pro wrestling uh, works and, and how I'm blessed to still be doing what I do. We're talking to Jeff Hardy of WWE Extreme Rules Sunday at PPG Paints Arena. Who's the best guy in the ring right now? It seems like, uh, and you touched on this earlier, it seems like wrestling is just flooded with great in-ring performers. It is. It's it's up there like in, on the same cloud, I think, with AJ Styles and uh, Seth Rollins. I mean, Seth Rollins, the times I've watched Raw, he is just killing it. And Roman Reigns, too. I mean, you, I got to give it to him, man. He's got that Cena reaction or whatever that weird booyé is. You know, it's just such a cool energy that, that he produces with, with the fans and uh but as far as like, yeah, AJ Styles is on the new cover of the uh, 2K19. You know, I just did a commercial a while back. Uh, there's a little face paint action going on in that. I look forward to seeing that. <laughs> uh, but then last year, you know, it was Seth Rollins. So those those two guys, men, are on top of their game. Now, you and your brother, Matt, and, and he's on the card, too, uh, defending the tag titles on Sunday. You're not currently teamed up. He's with Bray Wyatt right now. And even though that's happened periodically during your careers, does it still feel a bit odd to be working separately? A little bit, but you know, we were in Saudi Arabia and it was so cool because, uh, Matt, Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy were, were backstage after the matches were over and he's the raw tag team champions with Bray Wyatt and I'm the United States champion on SmackDown. It's just crazy the way this world works. And, uh, and it's very cool that we can go our separate ways and still be good. But I do miss, uh, I miss, um, being woken. <laughs> you know, that's why I think with the face paint, people don't understand, like, as far as it's, it is an artsy thing with me and my mind, but the way I see faces painted in my head and what I try to do in my own face, and I brought the Nero contacts back with the eyelids painted, I think that's just a modified version of Brother Nero that is still uh, morphing itself. And it, 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 I think it's going to become something kind of special, like really special. No, no, I think so too. And I think it's nice to kind of, you know, take a nod back to that part of your career. And Matt's still doing the Woken gimmick, and, and you were a big part of that. How do you look back at that Brother Nero period? It looked like a lot of fun, and really for both of you, it kind of engendered a rebirth, didn't it? It did, and I think it put us uh, 
on radar with WWE, like when that final deletion came out, I know you've had a lot of encounters <laughs> with Matt. Absolutely. <laughs> with, with the broken universe as well. And uh, I think I've sung obsolete for you at one point. Uh, no, no, you, you, know, you deleted every, uh, you and Matt deleted every team the Penguins eliminated last year on the, <laughs> on the way to the Stanley Cup. It was tremendous. Yeah, it was so fun. And, and the beauty behind it all is Matt is so committed to that. I've done a comic con with him when I was still out with the, the shoulder and he was in full character, full gear. We did a, like a 45 minute Q and a just stayed in gimmick the whole time. And it was beautiful. And I was like, what, what am I supposed to do over here? <laughs> I can't <laughs> well, compete with this. In the middle of all that, when that started taking up, I, I talked about a phone. I go, look, I go, I'm pretty sure you haven't lost your mind, but I still feel compelled to ask, have you lost your mind? Because like you said, he lived it. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I questioned it too. You know, I'm like, hey, wait, we are just like going over what we're going to do. Right. But, no, no, I mean, uh, yeah, but the brother Nero thing is still a huge power. I think people are dying to see a brother Nero shirt in the WWE. And I think with everything settled and done, I mean, there's nothing wrong with doing that. And, uh, and still to this day, brother Nero, I hear it all the time. <laughs> And I'm going, gosh, man, let's let's just give it to him. So uh, some of the cool is going to happen. And I still think me, Matt, and Bray together would be will be a cool little unit there. I think it'll come to that at some point. Now, you've got your band, and you're doing a lot of performances. How's that going, Jeff? And tell the audience your band's name because I always mispronounce it. Yeah, you can either say uh, peroxygen or peroxygen. And peroxygen is just like a silent word within a word is the way I see it. <laughs> Which is <laughs> With, why I mispronounce it. <laughs> right. Yeah. So perox peroxygen is what I use. Call it. And we just got our, our our newest gig, man. After uh, SmackDown Live in Greenville, South Carolina, we're going to be playing at this live rock show after that, and I'm so excited because I haven't done it in a while. I've done some acoustic stuff with my local buddy, which is way different than a full band, as, as you can imagine. Um, so yeah, I can't wait to get out there and sing 14 originals. You and Jericho should have a battle of the bands. We should. Yeah, I would love to do that. He actually uh, invited me to be on his cruise this happening in October. But naturally, I, I can't do that. It would be a whole loop of, of of the SmackDown, you know, right? Like the Saturday. <laughs> so I'm not going to ask the ask for that off. But uh, yeah, man, that, that'd be exciting to just play play the same stage as him one of these days. Uh, Jeff, this was great as always. Have fun Sunday at Extreme Rules, and you should delete Nakamura. Do you still have the power to delete? I do have the power to delete him, and I think I will. <laughs> I, I have to say, though, I tried to uh, learn Japanese. I had to delete that thought. <laughs> <laughs> That's Jeff Hardy from WWE Extreme Rules Sunday at PPG Paints Arena. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9 The X. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Mark. I think you're absolutely hilarious. It's an acquired taste. You, you have the answer, Mark. Thank you. Wait, I wasn't done insulting you. The X at 105.9. Today has been just a dynamite show so far. We already had Ian Asbury on from The Cult, Jeff Hardy from WWE, and then at 5.30, Mark Pulisic, assistant coach for the Riverhounds. They're red hot. Just one loss in 16 games, and... He's the father of Christian Pulisic, uh, the best American soccer player, and he's only 19 years old. Right now, I'm joined by Bob McLaughlin. Bob brought you by 84 Lumber. Bob, what's your take on this Twitter purge? I lost 3,000 followers. Uh, were these fake followers? What's the deal? What are they trying to weed out of Twitter where a lot of people lost a lot of followers? For example, Ray Lewis lost 50% of his followers. Maybe that's just all the people he's murdered. <laughs> Well, they're trying to get uh, get away with all the fake bots out there and all the messages. Now, now like, what's a bot? It's just an automated machine. It's like a, a code that just starts. It, it just sends out messages. If you send out a message that you hate this person, it'll send out a message that they like this person. All it's meant to do 
is either get information out there or the way the Russians are using it. They're just trying to start arguments. They just want everybody to be at everybody's back all the time. Well, I like that. I say the more bots, the better. Did you lose any followers, Bob? I gained two, actually. See? But then again, I don't have enough followers for a bot to pay attention to me. You know, you're way up over 100,000. So losing 3,000, that meant that if you had a ton of activity one day, these bots saw that you were really active. They attached themselves to you and started to follow you. Now, why would Ray Lewis, in particular, have lost half his followers? Why would Britt McHenry have lost 40% of hers? Why did? Why were they victimized to that great degree in this Twitter perch? Well, at some points, you had companies out there selling you fake accounts. They would just keep creating fake accounts from other company, uh, other countries. You would have warehouses of like 200. Why would anybody want fake accounts? Maybe it's in your contract. Say you have, if you raise your Twitter account or your profile number so much or a certain percentage, you get X amount of money in your bonus. You know, a lot of media people have that. I do not. I, don't I do not either. Do. But, I mean, a lot of people do. Plus, um, the way the bots work is if they see your account getting a ton of activity, obviously Ray Lewis during the season, he'll get a ton of activity. Britt McHenry, you know, every other tweet, <laughs> she gets blasted back with her activity. So they attach themselves to it, and then that's the way that they spread either their paid-for message or just their negative message. Uh we talked uh, yesterday, Bob, about the Pirates potentially trading Polanco and Marte, earlier in the week, rather. Now there's talk they might trade Tyon or Vasquez. Uh, it, it might be a total house cleaning. Uh, what's your take on potentially trading either of those two guys? I got blasted for earlier in the week joining you and just saying, go ahead and trade Marte and trade Polanco. And- well, no, I would back that if I thought there was a logical procession for after that. Right, a legitimate rebuilding plan that had a chance to succeed, but like Deja noted, and I parrot, they're not good at making those kind of trades. They're not good at trading now for later, a current legit guy for prospects. They just don't make that kind of deal. Yeah, and that was kind of my retort. Oh well, <laughs> yeah, that was that was my retort, Mark. I got blasted because they were saying, "Well, you have to have something to build off of. You have to have if you've got these positions, then you build around there." Whereas I was saying, maybe you keep some of the pitchers and you build around there. Now we get into the question that you just asked me, and I'm okay with that. If you're going to tear it down and rebuild, and you think that maybe you have three, four pieces of the puzzle that you can build on yeah but i just know when they trade tyon and vasquez if they do they won't get nearly enough for them look at what they got or rather didn't get for cole and morton no you're right you're right so it, it could be a fault uh you know flawed argument right off the bat but i did understand why you have to have something to build off of but i don't know if that's what you want to well, build off of when charlie morton wins game seven of the world series for the astros Whatever you got for him when you traded him, even you know a few, you know team switches down the line, it wasn't enough. No, you're right. And, and literally, when you look, they got some guy who washed out of baseball inside of a year. No, you're absolutely right, and it just proves your point that they are not good at doing that. DK's point is that they're well, not. They don't good care at, enough to become good at doing it. That fair point. DK's point has always been they're not good enough at drafting or developing, and it, it seems like they don't really have a place to plant their flag. So. Uh, if you want to strip it down to the bare bones, like I said earlier in the week, uh, I, I don't have any problem with that. But I will understand if they want to keep an arm or two or three that they can build around. I could see Trey Vasquez. 
Because closers really are a dime a dozen. Absolutely, but you better make sure that you win this trade or that you get something that you're going to be using two, three, four years down the line. Now, what about uh, the Steeler optimism? Colin Coward says they're going to be the number one seed in the AFC. I get expecting to be good because they got a lot of components back from a 13-3 and team, but the weaknesses are the same, mm-hmm. and those weaknesses killed them in that Jacksonville game. Yeah, still a lot of questions on defense. You're right. I mean, they can be able to score all the points in the world, uh, like 43 of them or 42 of them, and if the other team scores 45, we all know how that works out. So they've got some questions to do on the defense. I agree with you that Tom Bradley could go a long way to fixing some of them in the defensive backfield but they still have questions at linebacker. They have to figure that out because that's the way the NFL works right now. You have to have people that can cover the middle and get to the quarterback. And right now, you don't really have two strengths at either one of those. Uh, Bob, who has the best tater tots and french fries in town? Uh, French fries, uh, this was ridiculous, but I am a McDonald's guy. It is ridiculous. But Mark... I mean, they're great French fries. You got to admit, if you're getting fries, they're not as good as Permanis. They're not as good as the Dirty O. They're not as good as Kennywood. See, I don't, I don't pull out. I probably have punished them for being generic, for being corporate, for being a chain. But uh, I like mom and pop. You know what though? I I don't pull my fries off my Permanis sandwich, so I never eat them alone unless a couple spill off because they put so many on there. You do agree that the concept of getting a side of fries with a Permanis sandwich <laughs> is overkill. Yes, I've heard that. I'll argument. explore that in depth. <laughs> right. And in, you know what? Tater tots. I'm fine with the ones that come out of the freezer. If I cook up some tater tots at home, I'll put my own stuff on them, and I'm good with those. Yeah, I got a couple tweets about that saying the best tater tots are the ones out of the freezer. There are very few things that could come out of the freezer and be good, but tater tots are one of them. See, but I can make them. I know exactly how crispy or not crispy I like them. Sometimes you go to a restaurant and the tater tots can be great, but if they're those mushy ones, if they're undercooked. Eggs, they're death. You're done exactly. So what I can about, monitor uh, my tots. Are you a big believer in frozen pizza? Do you make frozen pizza at home? Yeah, we're DiGiorno. Well, now see that's gourmet frozen pizza. Don't you agree? That's the top of the line frozen pizza. Uh, that's what my kids liked growing up, so we've just kind of stuck with it. Although, I will say Red Baron. Those Red Baron single ones, the teeny ones, my kids like those too. So. Oh, they used to sell those in bars when I was in my heavy drinking phase. <laughs> they would come out all burnt and, like, scorched. But, you know, about 15 beers in, it didn't matter. It was something that was hot, relatively tasty, and, and diluted what you had already ingested. That's Bob McLaughlin, brought to you by 84 Lumber. Up next... We expand a bit more on National French Friday, which is today, 105.9 X.